I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. And you're listening to Two Average Girls. Hello. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> By the look on your face, the answer would be no. I don't know. I just got up early today and no one wants to hear about I do. My early wake-up call to go work what out. What time did you get up? 5 a.m. Why? To go work out because the only time she had available, it was 6 a.m. I thought you were working out at 7.30. I was, but then things changed and I was gone and, and then she had other people slip into that slot. Doesn't matter. Boring. You lost your slot. I lost my slot. So I had to get there. I had to be there at six and I thought, no way she's going to be there. She had already been there for an hour. I don't know how people do it. People were already working out at six? Before six? Yes. I got there to a bit before six, just a little bit before six and people were leaving. They'd already gotten their... their that means they're getting up at like 4.30. Uh, they're crazy. I can't do that. I can't do it. Apparently... I, I can I get I can work out at six. I do work out at six because that's like I got to get to work. But yeah, I'm not super happy about it. I, no, I don't talk is. to people. Mm. I don't like look people in the eye. I just like get my stuff done. I look down. I just don't want to make conversation. I can't talk in the morning. I, I can't, can't talk to people for about forty five minutes. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm having a hard time talking. <laughs> Yeah. If you saw her face right now, she's not super happy. There's no makeup, which is no judgment here. Trust me, it's a podcast, so you don't have to wear makeup. <laughs> I thought that was the deal. I didn't have to put on it makeup. It was, but when I'm looking at you, you look a little tired. I am tired. I I mean, just as background, not that anyone cares, we were in Las Vegas for three days. Yes, we were. Three days at the home show. Came home, did some laundry, and immediately I immediately left to go to Utah to help my son move apartments. He's a student at Brigham Young University, and so he changed apartments. He went from the bottom floor of the <laughs> King Henry, what's up, apartment 35, to the fifth floor at, an, at another apartment complex. The fifth floor, is that like the penthouse suite for him? No. <laughs> it's not a penthouse suite. It, it's student housing, so let's just imagine that. But it's still on the fifth floor. The good news is there's an elevator. The bad news is there's only one. <laughs> and there were there were lots and lots of very motivated students and uh, parents who wanted to use that elevator. So well, we, we did some stairs. That's good for the booty. It's, it's good for the booty. So then I got I got back and I thought I had recovered. You know, I spent my day, my Sunday, just like chilling. And, and apparently I didn't because I want to crawl under this desk right now with the microphone and just go nighty night. So we went to the Green Day concert last night. Woo-woo! What's yep. up, Shout Jason? Out Jason, our, our, one of our favorite podcast guests. If you haven't listened to his interview, he is a band member from the band Green Day. And they finally went back on tour after like two years. It's like That's two funny. years in the making um, because of COVID. And because they were in process of getting it going before COVID and they hadn't been out. So anyway, we went down to San Diego to help take care of his kids who got to come watch him play. And it was so great to be there. It was just so great to be out. It was at Padre Stadium. It was so great to be out and about with, it was sold out. I'm sure it I'm was. sure it's a super spreader event. I'm just going to say. <laughs> super spreader There's event. no way that it wasn't. I didn't wear a mask because we were outside and I thought I'm just going to let 
the chips fall where they may here. Mm-hmm. This is I'm living on the edge. I'm going to a Weezer, a Fallout Boy, and then Green Day. Oh, so people were there and ready to pate. It opened at four in the afternoon. We didn't get there till eight. Sure. Because <laughs> we like to be fashionably late. That's rock and roll. And I. That's rock and roll life. It was kind of last minute that we got these tickets because it was just great. But we had pit tickets and VIPs and it was awesome. But we did not get home because San Diego is like an hour and a half from our house. We did not get home until almost two in the morning. Mm. And let's just say when you go to bed at three, because mm. that's by the time I could like wind down. Yeah. Wow. Getting up the next day not great we're not 19 anymore even when i was 19 i didn't like to get up in the morning i'm not a morning person Uh, let's just i and so three hours of sleep did not cut it (laughs) i had to go back to sleep and didn't get up till eight because i couldn't do it i was motivated to go at 6 a.m also and then i canceled that pilates class so smart here we are before we get too far away from jason though in green day we need to be sure and give jason a shout out that he's he's our music bed at the top of this show that's true it's jason i don't know if we've ever told anybody he wrote that song the two average girls little Mm. ditty ditty and um he just did it during covid which you know, I'm kind of grateful for that because he was looking for stuff to do, but he's also a really good friend to do it for free. He d- didn't get paid other than us just being so grateful. We and mentioned his name in the liner notes. That's payment. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Uh, so he, he's so talented. so talented. I mean, the guy is so talented. Being out with Green Day, you see a little bit of what he does, but really his, his passion and his chops are with the saxophone. And he just... He, he plays keyboard for Green Day, yes. and as well, I saw a sax solo. Yeah, and last that night he did. I, I know I've been to several concerts um, with him um, because of him, and um, and it's really always fun because it's always like VIP kind of sure. like an experience you don't get to. Yeah, you yeah. don't get to have that. It's just a really up close and personal. But he, um, I don't remember. I thought he had a bigger role in that on the last tour. Oh, okay. I thought he played more, but it still was awesome. It was just... He's on the stage the entire time. Oh, yeah. He's... For almost every single song, they need either a keyboard or his 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 saxophone. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was awesome. And I really felt like Billy Joe, the, the... the lead singer yeah the lead singer was just grateful like you could tell and, and one of the things i love about him and those concerts i mean green day has always been one of my favorite bands anyway before jason even played in that band but he when billy joe gets up there he wants an experience with his audience mm. and he wants you to have that experience and the first thing he tells everybody is put away your phones but he says that and and i remember two or three years ago when I went to a concert of his and everyone had their phones out and he's telling them to put them down and he actually brought water out and start spraying people because he just wants people to be present and I mm. love that and mm. last, last night he's like listen you guys have been on your phones and on the screen for a year and a half put it we're down. here together let's connect I love it and I love that yeah. and you could tell that people were there to have fun people were really nice there was a few, you know, a little bit too much alcohol situation. But for the most part, everybody was just nice, kind. If they bumped into you, they were like apologizing. No one was a jerk. Everyone was just, it was awesome. I hope that lasts. I really I do, do. I was in Park City this weekend um, with Cameron and then my niece, Madison, and my other niece, Whitney, who is um, the the youngest. She's bringing up the rear. She's a freshman at college. And then Madison's the same age as Cameron. And I said, okay, if let's help Cameron move. And then 
on Saturday, let's go up to Park City. We'll have some good food and whatever. So we're walking down the streets of Park City, summertime Park City, which I have never really experienced. There's tons of people. Really fun. People love it. It's galleries all over. Really good eateries. Yeah. Lots of um, food being served in the streets, as Mm -hmm. you know. Um, You know, that's where they've sort of spilled out that way. We there were a couple times one more memorable than the others because the the gal was so awkward she stepped out of a gallery and she was talking to someone sort of over her shoulder type you know like a Gene Tay commercial type you know like <laughs> oh you know and she stepped out into the street without looking and she ran like almost right into me and Madison and she was like. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And it was so sweet, you know, and just sort of like what you're saying at the concert is like the sincerity of just like, I didn't mean to do that. Let's, I'm so sorry. I just appreciated it. And I hope that's the one thing from COVID that lasts because I don't care if you run into me, but don't be a jerk. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> you didn't do it on purpose. So just say sorry. Just say sorry. You know, and I think and there's have some common courtesy. There, a common courtesy is thing we're, we're losing. At we're, least we were. We were losing it. And I think we still are on social media. But when people are together, because we have been so not together. Yeah. I think maybe it's something that people will it's be coming nice back. Yeah. I hope it's coming back. I, ho- I hope it comes in style again, right? Being right. nice becomes the in thing. I hope so. So we were talking about us going to Las Vegas and... I wanted to talk to you about this. Anne doesn't really know what I'm going to talk about today, but um, <laughs> she really likes it when I surprise her. <laughs> I'm afraid and I'd love it. Um, remember, well, first of all, I have a pet peeve and that's what I want to talk about, which is I want everybody to listen here. If you're listening here and you're not at work, I want you to go to work. I want what? everybody to go to freaking work. What? Are you- <laughs> what? I have a pet peeve right now. I'm so tired of this country especially in california nevada we were in nevada you were in utah we've all experienced it long lines for establishments because number one a lot of places have closed down but the other reason is they can't get enough people to work oh i see what you're saying it's so frustrating stop you, listening to the podcast and go to work <laughs> take put your earbuds in and start and moving to towards work, work right Got it. i mean what happened here What's going on? People aren't going back to work. Well, and in in Kauai, you saw. Oh, I, exactly. I was well. on vacation. It is, it's like rampant. And here's the thing. Everywhere I go, it's got help wanted signs. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh, I can't find a job. Somebody is saying, I don't want a job. And I'm here to say, I need you to go back to work. Did you really notice it in Vegas though? Was that sort of the tipping point? For me, what? it was, I was frustrated with it because you and I went out for dinners and it was hard because... The restaurants weren't completely, they were completely full. But they were not staffed. But they weren't staffed. Mm -mm. And so the wait for food is extraordinary. You have to have reservations, which, okay, great. You got to get organized, but not everybody is that way. And the food doesn't come to you very quickly. I mean, again, we're used to in the United States getting everything instant. I just don't need to wait for an hour for my food. And it's frustrating. And it's more frustrating because... I value work and I want others to value work. And that's what I want to talk to you about. Is valuing work? Is working and being okay with working and doing something that might not be your dream job. Remember, and I'm bringing this up because it reminded me of the guy that was in the elevator. Remember the working guy that was in the elevator? The working guy that was in the elevator? The guy that was in the elevator that... Remember how we had to go back and forth on the elevator to the parking structure? And there was a guy oh, helping at us. at the market. At the market. Yes, I do remember him quite well. 
Yeah. So he reminded me. So just to set the stage, we go to the sh- home show because Anne has um, she uh, she and her husband do a. Uh, We're a design build firm. We yes. build um, commercial medical office buildings. Yes. And I have a, an interior design certification so that I can help outfit the building. So we go to this interior design show. It's a home show where they have everything from upholstery to home decor you can get anything you want yes so it's in these huge these three huge buildings right off the freeway that are called the world market center or something like that looks like prison but it's not it's like a prison i want to be in it's it's a prison for interior design (laughs) it's awesome (laughs) which is lovely we get to go twice a year Mm -hmm. and when we go there it's a lot of walking you wear shoes that are comfortable we went back and forth to our car because we were buying things there that we had to carry back to our car most of the places aren't just that you can buy it, but they were allowing people to buy cash and carry stuff. We had to go back to the car. First of all, I forgot my phone, of course. Mm. So it's, you know, it's deep into the seven stories of parking. We're in the bowels there. And so it's back and forth, back and forth. And there was this man that was at the elevator. The first two times I went back and forth, I thought, oh, huh, he's the same guy. And I made mention to him, oh, you're here still. Explain what he was doing. He was making sure that the elevator was cleaned for us. He was sanitizing it. He was sanitizing all the buttons. Every time. And every time. And he's everyone's wearing a mask there. And he, I could see that he was smiling under the mask because his eyes were just as bright as can be. Mm-hmm. And he was just happy to be there. And he was kind, considerate. And I watched him. Four times. I went back and forth yeah. four times. Yeah. And this was uh, through about an eight-hour period. And each time he was there, hundreds of people went past him and did not, like, they were almost running into him. They were just overlooking him. And every time, after the second time and realized he was still there, I made mention to him, oh, coming back. Thanks for doing that. I really appreciate it. And he acknowledged that. And the very last time that we went there and we saw him, mm-hmm. I talked to him. Do you remember what I said to him? I remember talking to him because he was such a sweetheart. Yes. And I said to him, you know what? And I looked him in the eye and I said, thank you very much for doing this and being here today. And at first he just kind of brushed me off yeah. and said, oh, you're welcome. You know, and I said, no, really, I really appreciate you doing this because this is not a job that everybody wants. And I really appreciate you working here today and making my life easier and better. And he stopped what he was doing, and I could tell that he appreciated what I said to him. Mm-hmm. And you and I had a conversation, and that's what I want to talk about today, which is I acknowledged somebody who was doing something menial. Mm-hmm. Very. And he was not a young man. No, he was. He was an older he man. He was an older man. He mm-hmm. was probably in his 60s. Yeah, easily. But in a, And it's a minimum wage job for sure. He might have been union. I'm not sure. There's a lot of union oh. work there interesting there's a lot of union work there but does it matter no he could have been sitting at home right i mean because uh, using your little dust rag and spraying it with a disinfectant every three seconds to wipe down the buttons while people are coming in and out is not a glamorous job it's not a great and job. people were not very nice to him and that really made me it disheartened me i was just like gosh people this mm-hmm. is not cool this is this man is somebody mm-hmm. he's somebody's husband possibly somebody's father grandfather and he's out working on his feet and people are passing him and don't care it reminded me of this book that i read years ago and i have a couple copies i've given copies of this book it's called the fred factor 
by um, Mark Sanborn. And mm-hmm. it's a 128-page book about a man who works hard at a job that is kind of an everyday job. He's a, he's a postman. He works for the U.S. Postal Service. Fred did. This is a book that's been around for a while. And Fred had the philosophy that he was going to take this very ordinary job and every day make it extraordinary. And when I started thinking about this man, I thought he's kind of got the Fred factor here, right? Like he's being a Fred. And that's the whole idea. First of all, go to work. And when you do go to work, yeah, you might be working at the subway because that's where you're at right now. Because you're going to school or... It's, it's okay to work at Subway. It's okay to work wiping down the buttons of an elevator. And that might be all you're going to do. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But as long as you make it extraordinary. So I just wanted to bring up the conversation of going to work and being okay with doing things that are ordinary, but making it extraordinary. Because I think it can be applied to almost everything we do in our life. So how do you think our friend there at the Las Vegas market who was wiping down the buttons, how did he make that extraordinary? What do you mean by that? He had an attitude of kindness. He had an an attitude of being interested in the people who were passing him by, Mm -hmm. even though they they didn't give him the time of day. Right. He had a pride in what he was doing enough that he was doing it well. I saw a lot of people on their phones standing by the elevator because there was another woman there on the other side she wasn't wiping it down every single time Mm -hmm. she was checking her instagram page oh she was the lady who was working Uh uh-huh oh i didn't even see that so i mean (laughs) it it, it just goes to show that he had the attitude that if i'm going to be here i'm going to do a good job yeah i'm going to make it extraordinary i don't know how you teach that i don't but the fred factor is, is a really good example of that. It's a book that I read many, many years ago. I had completely forgotten about it until you brought it up. And then I remembered that um, my former co-anchor at uh, KOCE, Ed Arnold, was a big Fred Factor guy. Yeah. He had talked about it before. And so in you know hearing you talk about this man at the at the home show and the Fred factor, I just did a real quick search and I was like, this is okay. I forgot how much I appreciated this, this book because there's like four points to the book and they are make a difference, build a relationship, create value, and then reinvent yourself, which the top three, those first three make a difference, build relationships and create value are like, you could do that as the guy wiping down the elevator buttons. I don't know how, because it's been so long since I read the book, Reinvent Yourself. I don't know how that sort of plays well, into it. I think, and I haven't read the book for a while, mm-hmm. but, and I, I have the book at work and I, every time I went to work the last week or so, I forgot to even pick it up. But I, what I remember about the book and what my takeaway from that was, was reinventing yourself isn't necessarily meaning I'm going to reinvent the wheel. Like I'm going to change the, the, what I'm doing, maybe it's changing the way you do it. Okay. So, so if you're if you're standing there, you're responsible for wiping down the buttons of the elevator and you're just looking at your phone every three minutes to check your Instagram feed, change that up. Well, and also be present. I mean, the guy could have been completely hating his life because I'm sure that wiping, like you said, wiping down the 
buttons isn't super rewarding in itself. What would make it rewarding? He found a way to take away something every single day. I could tell the guy was passionate about people. Mm -hmm. He was passionate about doing his best. Mm -hmm. That's what I think the reinvention is, which is taking the ordinary and making it extraordinary. That's the whole premise of the Fred Factor book. The thing I really liked to go back to our friend was he was not ashamed in any way of what he was doing. He was making eye contact. As our friend Matt Peterson said, he had proud shoulders. He had his proud shoulders on. He wasn't slumping and slouchy and being like, ooh, this is is a really crummy job. He He was owning it. And then you sort of appreciate that when you see that in someone, you judge them in, a, in the sense of, hey, what this guy's doing is great. And what he's doing is necessary. And trust me, COVID or not, please wipe down the buttons of every elevator. I mean, you can't, you can't wipe them enough. Right. No, I mean, exactly. So in the Fred Factor, one of the quotes that I love, it's actually from Abraham Lincoln, but um, the author references it. And mm-hmm. it says, whatever you are, be a good one. Right. Right? right? Be the best you can be. Right. And I think, you know, I don't mean to pick on the young generation, but I'm not sure if they have heard that enough. Well, first of all, our generation. I can give you some examples. There are people in my life, well, they're on the peripheral of my life because I don't have time for people that really feel this way. Um, let me back up a little bit. I'm a little nervous. I'm, I'm afraid I'm one you. of those people. It's not you. <laughs> oh, whew. So we have a construction company. We have a dirty business construction company. Like you could do dirty jobs with our kind of work, right? My husband, micro, for micro sure. could come out and he'd fit right in. He'd yeah. be so happy. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, my husband comes home with grease, concrete, gasoline, dirt, sludge, you name it. Our workers come in with it. I go out to the job site. I got work boots for a reason because, and special pants because I'm always getting hydraulic fl- fluid on myself. <laughs> Some, you know, something will happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not shoveling for the most part, but things are dirty, and it's a lot of physical labor. I have been around people in our life who have. I'll give you an example. My husband has mentored a lot of young men. He has been the um, Scoutmaster. He has been young men's president at church. He has been, he builds relationships with a lot of young men. And one of the things he likes to show them is what we do for a living. Because although it's construction, we have a lot of technology, we have a lot of innovative things that we make in our shop. And so you need to have, we have computer, we have a plasma table, we have all this really cool equipment that guys really love. I really love it. It gets me excited. So he'll take these boys to our shop or he'll take them out onto a job site and show them. And inevitably, the fathers usually come. Some fathers come. I have been at one of these, you know, show and tell kind of situations. And I've heard fathers say, well, boys, if you don't get a four-year education, this is what you're going to end up with. No. Oh, yeah. Uh no oh yeah or something to that effect uh yeah you better get a four-year education or you're going to end up doing this like this is a bad thing like this is the backup to the backup this is beneath you because you didn't decide to go to college oh my gosh and it gave me such a first of all i know who these men are there's it's been twice no and both those men i looked down on to the nth degree they don't even know it but i look (laughs) at them totally different because i have zero respect for that yeah 
I'm like, dude, get dirty. Nothing is beneath you. Nothing. I am, I have own a company. I own a company and I'm proud of the company and I'm proud of my workforce because without them, I wouldn't have anything. They are the backbone of who we are. If I thought that way, I can't imagine. What a hypocrite. I clean the toilets at my office. Someone's got to do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind doing it. Even the yucky shop bathroom, which is disgusting. <laughs> Could someone please put the down the lid and like, point in the right <laughs> no, place? No, yes, no, no. It's disgusting. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it is so sad. And when I saw this man, I, I purposefully make sure that I'm kind-hearted and respectful and appreciative to people who are doing the stuff. Yeah, making it happen, making the, the world happen. What about the person who worked at the grocery store during COVID? Oh, man. I mean, I know, you know, there's, there's, they didn't have to work. They could have gone on unemployment. Sure. But they chose to be there. And so, like, I would literally tell the people, hey, thank you for working today. Yeah. I need groceries. Yeah, right. I'm glad right? you're here. Yeah, I need toilet paper. Right. Oh, there wasn't any. Oh, yeah, that's right. People are hoarding it. That's a whole other <laughs> podcast. a whole other podcast. <laughs> but I, I just, the, I bring up the Fred Factor because I, I wanted our listeners to check it out. It's yeah. like a $7.99 book on Amazon. It's mm-hmm. a little paperback book. It is one of those books that have got little mini treasures in and out of it all over the place. There are so many great quotes. There are so many things. I've I underlined half the book because it's just, you want to be that person. You want to be Fred. You want a Fred in your life. Sure. We all need a Fred. I mean, Fred went out and he made friends with everybody. He talked to people. He made a difference in their life and people appreciated him. Mm -hmm. But it was because of his attitude. Right. Then also people should know though that the Fred factor is a true story. Yes. Fred was a real guy. Fred is a real guy. Yeah, yeah. Like he is, I'm not sure if he's still alive or not. I should have probably that looked that up. That book has been around for so long. It has know. been around for a while. And I think, I don't think he is alive any longer, but I just remember it was so inspirational. Mm-hmm. And so my whole thing for everybody is go to work. And what are the four things for Fred that you you said about for Fred? Well, they the were make a fr- difference. Oh yeah, make a difference. If you're a Fred, you're going to make a difference. You're going to try to build relationships. You're going to create value to whatever it is that you do. So it doesn't matter from, you know, are you sweeping the parking lot out or are you the CEO of a company? You're gonna create value and then reinvent yourself, which I also think you can say reinvent the job that you're doing by putting yourself into it. Right, I mean, delivering the mail probably is one of the most menial, well, first of all, there's, they go postal for a reason, right? Like people, that job is, it's kind of an insanity thing. Fred didn't allow that to happen to him. No, because you know what I've noticed about the postal people is that they, a lot of times, not to bring everything back to true crime, but a lot of times it's the postal worker that's like, hey, you know what? There's an older lady who lives in this house and she hasn't been picking up her mail or I've noticed something different or whatever. It's those people that are on the street all day doing your bidding for you. The trash man. Trash guy. I I mean. I give the trash man and the post person something for Christmas and holidays. It might be a box of chocolates. I try to go out there and tell them thank you, honestly, mm-hmm. because I think that relationship's going to go a long ways. Well, yeah, and they're actually running around making it happen. If the trash doesn't get picked up and the mail doesn't get delivered, no. The average stuff, you and I are average girls, and we pride ourselves in that because 
average makes the world go round. It absolutely The ordinary is. is making the world go around. Yeah, super smart people, we need them as well. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Someone's cleaning out the porta potties. <laughs> My dad, may he rest in peace, his name was Fred. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and he had a lot of sayings. Um, fractured fairy tales used to be a thing on Saturday morning, mm-hmm. the fractured fairy tale cartoons. And we used to tease my dad that he had fractured fairy tales because he would like take a real life metaphor and then sort of spin it so that it was just his. It, I don't know if it was on purpose or if it was accidental, but it was always adorable. One of the things though that he always used to say was, it's good to be average literally well look at us now we now have a podcast um (laughs) that's all about being average but in that is my dad was a mechanic that's not a glamorous job necessary Mm -hmm. and he made that life work for himself because of the relationships that he had with people he was beloved right because he did the menial work but he did it well and he had a great personality and he got to know all of his customers so he He was was a fred he literally was a fred literally and figuratively and figuratively my father who is still alive was a perfect example of a very very hard worker Mm -hmm. he always has been Mm -hmm. he still works to this day your dad does does. he is if anybody is at angel stadium um he works as an usher i don't know what section i should know what section he's by the mike trout deal if anyone goes over there look for dennis dennis we take pictures with dennis whenever Everybody we go takes there pictures everyone takes pin- pictures with dennis but he's still working in his late 70s because he knows that hard work kind of gives him the motivation to keep going i mean he yeah. needs that in his life yeah if you stop moving and you stop working everything else tends to go with it your right? value your worth it goes it, it really does it really goes um a couple of other quotes that i just love from the fred factor is um faithfully doing your best independent of support acknowledgement reward from others is a determining factor in a fulfilling career so no matter who's looking nobody you you are killing it. You are doing your best. You are living, you are working to be the best at whatever your job is, no matter what kind of feedback you're getting, whether someone's watching or not. That's right. It says, this is another one I love. You are the spark that sets others on fire when you ig- initiate. Okay. So you're the spark that initiates others. Right. Right. You're the one. Yeah. You're the determining factor here. And it could be anything. I mean, you were a professor. Mm-hmm. How many kids really did their best? A lot of them. Did they? <laughs> I guess they were paying a lot of money at Chapman, so maybe they did. There was probably an expectation, but, um, well, a lot of them were doing their best because I required it. Where much is expected, much is given. Absolutely. But I think it's really beyond that. We're talking about when nothing is expected. That's true. That's that's not a great example, but our but, friend, but no, yeah, our but, friend at the elevator, though, yeah, exactly, he could be influencing his other coworkers to do better because people are walking away from him, smiling and laughing, and oh, he's so fun, you know, he's so that's hilarious. Did you hear what he just said? The other coworkers are picking up on that, and I would hope that they would be like, "What's he doing? That's so funny over there. What's he doing that is making people smile?" The last quote I will give you. Yes. The only thing better than acknowledgement is action. 
And acknowledgement is it's action. pretty deep. I, I got to think about that for <laughs> just a moment. That's true. I, the only thing better than acknowledgement is action. I love it. I do too. I love it. So people, be a Fred. Go out there, get to work, and be a Fred. Absolutely. You can download Fred. You can go buy Fred from um, Amazon or your small local neighborhood bookshop. Go order it. <laughs> this has been the Two Average Girls Teeny Tiny Tag. We're glad you joined us. I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. We'll see you next time.